Kaprizov shoots it deflected right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Stastny stopped by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Neither does Peter Stastny. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him as Frankie Sparkly. Now that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Stastny. He should get five to ten for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Tendy Talk. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with Sarnia Sting Goalie and one of the goalies on Team Canada's World Junior Gold Medal winning team this year, Ben Goudreau. In this episode, we talk about the World Juniors, his amazing Belfort Reactor 5 tribute set, and goaltending in general. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Ben. All right, Ben. Hey, thanks for joining me on uh, the podcast. Fun to get you on and uh, talk some hockey, some world juniors, some equipment, all that good stuff. No, 100%. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first question I like to ask everybody is, um, you know, how, how did you get started in the game of hockey? I mean, yeah, you're a Canadian kid. There's the usual, it's kind of your birthright. But, you know, how, how did hockey, you know, start for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, my parents put me in when I, like you said, Canadian kid, it kind of just happened. <laughs> but uh, they put me in when I was, I think, three as a player. Um, started playing that, and I didn't like going up and down the ice. I was like, that's too much work. I got to get rid of that. So uh, I watched all these. Like, I, I was watching hockey, and I, I loved watching it. And I saw, like, the goalie. I'm like, they just stand there the whole game. This will be nice and easy. Like, sweet. So I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> so I think I was, like, five years old, switched over to goalie, maybe six max. and um learned very quickly that it's not as easy as it actually uh it looks <laughs> yeah yeah a little more to it as we all know oh yeah um you know but obviously it's working out for you because i mean you're still a young guy you got you got a lot of hockey left ahead of you but playing in the ohl drafted into the nhl just played in the world juniors you know as you progressed through the game you know when did you start to think like hey i, I might be uh better than the other guys i'm, I'm facing <laughs> off against um i'm trying to think because i i think it would have been maybe a couple years before my draft year to the ohl um i got cut from like a pro hockey tryout um it was like my first time ever being cut and i was kind of like what the heck and then i made like <laughs> coast team like east coast selects um, I went to a spring tournament um, and had a tough tournament. And then the next year I came back, did the same tournament, which was in Philly. So the WSI in Philly, um, which is a pretty big like youth tournament. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I won like goalie of the tournament. I had like probably my best personal tournament um, up to that date anyways. And that was going into my OHL draft year. And I think that one was kind of the one where I was like, okay, maybe like, maybe I can do this. Like, <laughs> maybe we'll be good enough for this. And then uh, with team Ontario that came about too. So that was awesome to see. And being able to start there, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like these are probably the best in Canada. So kind of getting to gauge yourself against those guys. And then uh, when, once I got to the OHL, I mean, you start seeing some big names, you're playing up against big names every night. So getting to see those guys and trying to compare myself to them was something that was pretty cool to see and gauge myself. Now you mentioned getting cut from a team. I, I got to imagine the kid that has, you know, your um, compete level. Do you think that actually helped you getting cut 
at a younger age and, and realizing like, hey, I, I can't just coast through. I got to fight for what I want. Yeah, 100%. I think it's uh, something that I was able to learn at a young age. And I mean, obviously still learning it. Um, I think <laughs> this year, I think uh, the World Juniors was a good example for me and uh, led into like a real good uh, second half start for me anyways here but back here in Sarnia. So uh, it's been good since I got back. And I think it's just been uh, using that kind of momentum uh, from that tournament. And uh, again, just using that you're not all that like you got you got to still work you got to you got to put in the work you got to put in the time and it'll all come back and uh repay you at the end of the day yeah no and i'm with you i think you know getting cut at a young age is one of the best things not not just for a young athlete but for a young person because in this day and age where i think kids just expect everything yeah. uh and half the time it is just handed to them to not make a team and like have that taken away is uh, kind of an eye opener and it, it teaches them, you know, I, I got to work, I got to work for what I want. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that's something that I was able to learn. And then, uh, both my parents are pretty strict too. So having them, uh, there, <laughs> I had never got too big, especially around my dad. Uh, he would, if I had a bad game, he let me know. Uh, so it was, I've, I've been able to kind of have that since a young age and, um, can't thank both of them enough really, uh, at the end of the day. And, Actually, my mom's birthday today, which is kind of funny. So I was, I was on the phone with her a little bit before we got on. Oh, here. great. Great. Yeah. Happy birthday to mom. Uh, those, <laughs> those goalie moms, they're, they're something special. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny on how uh, so many of them don't like to watch the games. Yeah. It's almost like our, our goalie moms uh, feel the pressure more than we do. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, you know, but, you know you're, you're an Ontario kid. You're growing up. You know, heck, I grew up in the States and still wanted to play junior hockey in Canada, you know, specifically the OHL because I didn't know French, so I didn't want to go into the queue, you know, into the queue. So um, with you, with your junior draft eligibility, you know, being, being drafted, how, how, how exciting was that to know, you know, hey, I get to go on to this next level? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was lucky enough to go first round in the Sarnia, which doesn't usually happen in the O. So having that um, was something that was really cool for me and my family. Um, so having that happen was definitely a big eye opener, and it got me real excited to see uh, what kind of what the pot, like what the future kind of held. Um, mm-hmm. That summer, I was at the U seventeen uh, Team Canada camp, and I actually banged my knee up pretty bad, and I missed sixteen weeks, and it bled into like the OHL season. And right as we were getting ready for training camp in the O, I went to get my knee checked out a second time. And uh, I already sat out eight weeks at this point. And it was right <laughs> before, like, I think it would have been training camp in the O. Like, it was it was kind of quick. Um, and the guy told me, he goes, you got to do another eight weeks. Like, it just, it, it, we got the MRI back. It's got to be another eight weeks. And uh, so I thought for sure, I was like, I'm going to be sent down. Like, I'm going to go play junior A or junior B hockey this year. And then... Mm-hmm come back and luckily enough I mean I talked to the GM and he could uh, he could tell I was pretty worried I think in my voice when I was talking to him but uh, the GM at the time Nick Sinclair he uh, he reassured me that I'd be there all year and it was something that uh can't thank him enough and honestly the organization I mean um started the year I think I played like five games up until Christmas um and then once I once the second half kind of started I think I finished the year with 28 uh and as a 16 year old rookie I doesn't happen too much. I think that's, I owe them a lot of respect for that. And uh, a lot of what's happened to me, uh, I think it's because of that rookie year and them allowing me to play that many games really helped me out in my development. 
and clearly helped you out because uh, you got the opportunity to wear your country's sweater. Um, you know, moving through hockey in Canada, you know, how, how does that work for a young goalie to, you know, get, get on that national radar? I know here in the States, we have the national development team, we have the national camps, but in Canada, it's a little more uh, cutthroat. Uh, there, there's a lot of good goaltenders. Um, you know, how, how, how did that work for you to, um, you know, wear yeah. that Canada sweater? And how, how much did it mean to get that phone call and say, hey, we're, we're going to bring you to the World Juniors? Yeah, no, it, uh, it starts all the way back when you're, I think it's like 14, 15, going into your OHL draft year. Um, they have like regional stuff basically so like for me i played in northern ontario so we were in the mm-hmm. noha um and it would be i think it was a summer camp and i missed the camp like i i wasn't there i couldn't make it i was mm-hmm. like oh, whatever it's like who cares like we'll yeah. see how it goes and um then when the team noha came around uh i was fortunate enough to make that team which went to like the ohl cup and um you i think the ohl gold cup. i don't know there was a couple tournaments uh that were pre prerequisites basically for all that kind of stuff and um those are kind of like your start to hockey canada and then obviously with team ontario again um that's probably the biggest one honestly for me at that age mm-hmm. and um once that happens you go play you get drafted and uh whether you play in the ohl junior hockey go back to midget whatever ends up happening uh there's a u17 camp in that summer of your draft year so that's where it started so i played u17s um i think it was in november maybe bled into early December. I'm not 110% sure, but uh, that's like your first time that you get to put on like the Maple Leaf and really be part of Team Canada, which is something special. And uh, from there, I was lucky enough to play for U8, the U18 team as well at uh, the World, the National Championships or whatever they call the International Championships there. Um, mm-hmm. where We were lucky enough to win that as well uh, in Dallas. So that was a lot of fun. And then from there, you uh, they kind of single it down even more and it's just basically they bring four goalies up from all of Canada to world junior camp and you got to try to make it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough for sure. There's no, uh, there's no guarantees. I mean, um, I thought last year, I thought I might have a chance at the world juniors then and uh, it didn't work out either. And then this year I got the call and uh, I was having a tough start to the year here in the OHL. So it kind of brought my spirits up a little bit, but I knew going into camp, I had to, to really put the pedal to the metal and, in my spot there well and it, it's tough like you said when there's you know four of you in a camp you all want you know one of those two spots but goalies i think naturally gravitate toward each other too to you know be, be the buddies at camp and you know share notes so that there had to be some of that um awkwardness of you know hey let's be buddies but at the same time i hope you play terrible oh 100 i mean <laughs> uh I'm like, we were lucky enough. So three out of the four guys we played together on the U18 team. Mm-hmm. So it was me, uh, Tyler Brennan and Thomas Millich, who we all split. Uh, I think Millie and I split half the games at, uh, round Robin anyways, at uh, U18s before I took over for like the semis and finals and all that. But then uh, Brennan was there as our third guy who handled it great. And then we got to world junior camp and all three of us are there. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can all make it, but that's we knew that wasn't going to happen. And then uh, William Russo, who I was actually fortunate enough to get to meet a little bit back at U17. So 
knew everybody there. Um, they were all great guys, and it, it, we all wanted the best for each other. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, wanted the best for ourselves as well. But yeah, um, there was there was definitely no guys going up to each other pulling pranks or trying to get in anybody's head. We were all uh, supporting <laughs> each other and just having fun with it. And uh, I think we were pushing each other pretty pretty hard too. I mean, it was it was a hard camp. I honestly, at the end of it, I it, they could have went anyway with what goalies they took. There wouldn't mm-hmm. have been. Um, I don't think they made any wrong decisions or could have made any wrong decisions. There was, there wasn't really too much uh, that differs throughout the goalie uh, tandems that we could have had. You know, that's kind of the fun thing about the world juniors. When we look at Canada, USA, um, you know, both of those countries, it's almost like it doesn't matter who they put between the pipes. They have such depth at the goaltender position. Now, when when you go over into, you know, Finland and Sweden and Russia, you know, they might, year to year have depth but in north america it just seems like every year they could just close their eyes pick a goalie and they're going to be good for that game yeah no 100 i mean it's something else too i mean you always get fired to put the canada jersey on uh, i'm sure it's the same way with the american jersey like you want to play for your country it's something you get yeah. fired up to do and um, as long as you handle that pressure well uh you're going to come out on top and I mean, Tom, Tommy played unreal throughout the tournament and he, he got going and got hot and they uh, stuck with him and he kept going with it and honestly had a great tournament, I thought. And um, it's going to happen to a better guy because he's, he's awesome. He's, he's, one of the be- he's one of the good ones. He's awesome to talk to. That is kind of fun with goalies. You know, when, when we get into tournaments or playoffs and, you know, if our partner has that hot hand, we're like, don't even look at me. Just yeah. just keep, keep riding it. And it's funny, a couple... Uh, about two, three summers ago uh, in the beer leagues, I filled in for a goalie because he was on vacation for two weeks and I was just playing awesome. And so the playoffs rolled around and, you know, and the, he asked the team captain, he's like, so, uh, you know, how how the sub do? He's like, he played really good. And he's like, well, maybe I'll stay at the cabin another week. Let, let, let him go into the playoffs and just like kept winning. And we make it to the championship game. It's like, your guy's back. Like, and they're like, no, we, we want you to keep playing. He said, keep playing him. He's playing well. And it's like, and we, it was funny because we wound up winning the championship. But it, I, I was talking to the team captain. He's like, no, he's like, you're playing good. Let, let's not jinx it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. kind of how goalies are. It's like, oh, hey, 100%. We, we all want to do well. But at the end of the day, it's team first. No, 100%. I mean, that's what, uh, like, this was my first time really being like a backup goalie, per se. So it was something that I had to kind of learn and embrace throughout mm-hmm. the tournament um but with Tommy it was nice and easy like I wanted him to do well I wanted our team to do well and that was the main goal when we went there it wasn't for me to go and have the best tournament of my life it was for Team Canada to walk away with gold and I think that's what ended up happening and uh at the end of the day it's something that I'll never forget I know none of the guys on that team will ever forget and relationships will go uh on forever I mean here in Sarnia we actually traded for one of our defensemen on that team and he lives with me now here so it's uh (laughs) He's about a two-second walk from my room to his room, so we uh, we've gotten pretty close, and it's a lot of fun. Now, even before I ask this question, you get that call to wear the Maple Leaf in the World Juniors, and it's getting bigger here in the states, you know, in the hockey community. But in Canada, the World Juniors is like it's like I live in Minnesota, and the high school hockey tournament that week is like a state holiday. In Canada, World Juniors is a national holiday. You get to call home, tell mom and dad, hey, I get to I get to wear the Maple Leaf. You know, what's it like telling mom and dad, grandma and grandpa that you get to wear your team's jersey? 
area country's oh, jersey. It was really special. I mean, it was something that I've looked forward to since since I was like you said, like three years old. The second you start watching hockey as a Canadian, that's something that you dream about. And I remember growing up watching tournaments and thinking, like, wow, it'd be cool to play there. Like that'd be awesome. So uh, finally getting to be able to do that and be able to call home and tell them, uh, tell my goalie coach that I had when I was a young kid. Um, he was somebody that was really excited for me as well. So uh, having all of them there was it was pretty special. And I think uh, so being able to share that with them and my agent and everybody um, that's been there since the start, it was it was awesome. Now I gotta ask, which was the cooler call, getting to where go to the World Juniors or the NHL draft? it's <laughs> a tough one you're putting me on the spot here um yeah i mean i think uh that's it's a tough one. choice isn't it yeah like there's there's no wrong answer for this one like i think um the world juniors is something that i've dreamed about as a kid and i mean same with the nhl obviously but um uh for the nhl draft i mean there's different ways to get to the nhl there's not too many different ways to win a world junior gold medal other than making the team so i think that's something that uh I think for me it was pretty special. I mean, there's it doesn't it uh it really does, doesn't compare. I mean, it was it was a nerve wracking day when they were doing cuts. Like, you were sitting in your hotel room just going, "Please don't knock on my door. Please don't knock on my door." And my roommate ended up getting cut, so they knocked on our door, and I was like, "No way!" <laughs> like, <laughs> I had to pack my bags up and head out here. But um, I think the draft too. Like, the call I got was more of just a relief um, than excitement because I was like, "Holy Christ, it's finally over!" Like, it happened. Because <laughs> like I, I think there I think. I went like almost 20, 30 picks after my like latest ranking. So I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I, I might go undrafted here. So it was more of just a relief, I think, in that scenario yeah. um, to see myself get drafted there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, either one, I, I, I really can't choose. I think they're both, uh, both different or both good in each way. So you're drafted by San Jose and here we are in early February in the weather, I mean, we've reached that part of winter where it's just like enough already. I'm, I'm tired of the snow. I'm tired of the cold. Are you just looking at that going, if I just stick it out, I'll be able to spend my winters in San Jose if everything goes right? Yeah, I mean, if everything goes right, it would be awesome. Um, but honestly, I, I'm lucky in Sarnia. We don't get too, too much. Um, and where I'm from, like North Bay, it's like my hometown that I've grown up in since I was young. We like, I think my dad sent me a picture. We have like three feet of snow. So here yeah. I'm just like, we got about maybe half a foot of snow out there. It's minus, like I'll check my phone's right beside me. It's just minus four right now. It's zero degrees. Like it's, <laughs> it's not that bad. Like I can't complain at all. Like um, it's, it really isn't too bad at all. So it's uh, exciting to think that I could be sitting in. I think San Jose is probably buzzing around 15 degrees right now. 20 <laughs> trust me think, thinking about that's nice but um i'm also a fan of the cold and all that like got my winter coat on right now so yeah but, uh, no I, I like ice fishing and all that and you need need to be cold to do that so <laughs> okay so you like ice fishing i i've done it before because i worked at a newspaper and i had to do a story on it and <laughs> my my question with ice fishermen is why like you can it's not like in the Summertime, when you can get these monster fish, if you get a monster fish ice fishing, it's usually a, you know, a fish you're not going to eat anyway because it's just a, you know, bottom feeder, and it's cold and it's just like, you know, I, I look at my nephew and granted he's got one of those nice ice castles where you know it's heated, has yes. satellite TV and everybody's like, 
if I want to sit and drink beer all day, I can sit and drink beer all day at home in the warm, <laughs> in the comfort of my own home. Because at the end of the day, everybody I know that goes ice fishing, that's what it's for. Oh, I, I, uh, I just love like being out, like doing like the like I don't know how to say it. it's like the ruggedy like bush guy kind of things. Like um, when I was at World Juniors, actually, um, my dad still hasn't lived up to it yet. He said if I get a shutout, he'll get me a crossbow. So like after the first game, I was like, I'm not, I'm not even touching the net again. Like this is like I'm done. Um, and then I got the shutout against like Austria or whatever, and he. Yeah, uh, so now he now he owes me a crossbow, but I've like I'm in love with like anything that I can be outside doing. Um, ice fishing though, like I think for me, I think it's just fun, like the whole setup process. Like I love being mm-hmm. out there freezing my hands off. Like <laughs> you can't really wear gloves, right? And like you no. know, minus twenty five. Yep. I'm reaching in water, trying to get like the water out. I'm like drilling all these holes. Like I I got one of like little pop up tents. I I don't spend enough time out there to get the because usually I'm only there for Christmas break if I'm lucky. Um, so I I just have the pop up tent that'll pop right up and I can kind of drill a couple holes, throw the tent over it, and sit in there and basically it takes the wind out, but it's still freezing cold. So I uh but yeah, like you said, I think it's just like it's more of just like the experience. You get to go out there. Uh, usually I got got a buddy with me and we just go have some fun out on the water mm-hmm. or the on the, on the <laughs> ice. Um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, I, like, the one time my buddy and I went, we uh, went to a spot where, like, we drove the snowmobiles out there, and there was, like, the ice was, like, barely there. Like, it was, like, Mm -hmm. if you run into different holes, it'd be, like, running through water. It was so, uh, like, the ice was so thin there, and I think we caught, like, it would have been 20 fish in, like, maybe half hour. Like, we were just, like, pulling lines up, dropping them back down, another fish, so that was fun, but... When it's a slow day on the water, it, uh, when it's like when you're ice fishing, it is awful. Like I, I can't even deny that. Yeah. There, there was a uh, ice fishing competition. I think it was last weekend, and like a 12 year old kid won the grand prize of a uh, brand new pickup truck. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's been making the uh, rounds here in the news here in Minnesota. That's so, awesome. and, you know, they got the picture of the kid with big old fish, and it's like in a pickup truck behind him that you know he won't be able to drive for four years but my daughter she likes to fish with my my father-in-law and everything else so she thought last year you know she'll join the high school fishing team so she can learn more about it well she learned she still likes to fish but she doesn't like competition fishing but she tried ice fishing they had a uh, clinic uh out on white bear lake and um it happened to be on a day where the temperature was 20 below zero fahrenheit plus the wind and uh I didn't think she would last the whole time. She lasted a lot longer than I thought she would. Uh, but I asked her, I was like, so what do you think? And she goes, well, I tried it. And I really like when the water's not frozen. <laughs> I was like, that, that's fair. But but she tried it. And what's nice is my son was a Boy Scout for a while. And he did winter camping where they yeah. out outside and, you know, 20 below zero weather. So it's like, we knew how to dress her for the yeah. day. You know, awesome. the, the old saying is there, there's no bad weather just uh underdressed for it so she, yeah. she was dressed for it, but she's like it was miserable the wind was howling and everything else yeah. that's all tried it um so i want to ask the question you, you know with sarnia it's not like the beer leagues or even high school hockey or stuff like that here in the states where mom and dad are buying your equipment you you get to pick out your stuff you get to get a little creative. And this year you went with the Bauer Digiprint that 
somebody should have gone with right off the bat my all-time favorite setup the Belfort tribute like what what was the thought process behind because a guy like Mike McKenna he was the first one to do the reactor five tribute yeah. but you went full Belfort with the black and white alternating stripes I just absolutely yeah. love it and if I had the money I would I would buy that set <laughs> Uh, well, they will be, like, I think our team sells them, so they might, they might be up there. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they asked me what I wanted to do. And I just said, I want to do a throwback set. And they're like, okay, well, I'll try to find something like that. Nobody's done yet. Mm-hmm. Like what if you do like the Ed Balfour? And I got, not that I haven't, I don't like goalie gear, but I, I didn't really know what Ed Balfour was. So I was like, sure. Like, so I searched up Ed Balfour, look at the picture. I'm like, oh, those are, those are pretty nice. And then, um, they mocked them up, made them and. Uh, I saw the pictures. I'm like, okay, these are kind of sick. Like, these will look really good. <laughs> um, so then we got those in, and they were sick. And then we wore our yellow jerseys, which I'm not sure if you've seen a picture of us in our yellow mm-hmm. jerseys with them. But we have like the white and yellow stri- or the the white and black stripes on our, and they look unreal. Like it is my yeah. favorite like setup I've ever had. Um, it looks unreal. But then I'm, I'm going really boring for the next second half like i'm just doing like basically white pads almost like there's like oh. one stripe. there's one stripe of yellow in them um got a couple like the top and the bottom bindings are yellow but i uh i had to t- dial it back a little bit i was talking to my a couple of the guys and they said that those ones make me look smaller because of i think i don't know if it's because of like the black and the white but i they said they could see a little bit more so i was like you know what like I've never had normal pads in my league. Like, I've always done something like kind of not stupid, but I've done something that uh, it brings quite a bit of eyes to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go simple for one uh, one set and then uh, see how that goes. And I know talking to San Jose, they want me to go like I think my San Jose pads are pretty much teal and black. Like they are mm-hmm. they're pretty dark and San Jose wants me to dial those back a little bit. So I know um, I was like, you know what? I might as well get started on dialing them back. Eddie had that same look when – he was in San Jose with the teal. It's just telling you yeah. what the Belfort tribute because they looked great in teal. Oh, they would for sure. Yeah, no, they. My favorite one, like the favorite color scheme I had with those, is when I wore the red ones, which would have yes. been like Chicago. Because when I wore them with Hockey Canada, they were ten times better. Like, yeah, they looked unreal with that too. That is my all-time that red, white, and black. I mean, that's the one I love. In yeah. fact, my my computer wallpaper. You can't see it, but it is Eddie Belfort with that setup. That's um, awesome. The only reason when I, I got new pads last year, first time since before you were born, uh, <laughs> um, but I went with blondes because that's what I had had for yeah. so long, and it, you know, so. But I I went with uh, you know pretty pretty sweet graphic, but it's like if I would have went Bauer, I would have gone Digiprint with what you oh, had yeah. for Team Canada because I just it's such a classic clean look, and yeah. I I had Ed on the podcast and. When he first got his Raptor fives, he got all white pads. It, okay. That's what came in, and he said he was looking at them, and it was just it was too much white. You know, he, he didn't yeah. want it, so he needed to do something. So he took a sharpie and started coloring in that's those awesome. black colorways. Um, he said, of course, the next side he got, they did it black, so he didn't have to get the sharpie out. But that that was kind of the origin story between behind the black and white striping on those. Oh, those, that's, that's awesome. I use a Sharpie too with some of my gear. Um, Bauer gives me like the skates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every Bauer skate has lime green on it. Yeah. And I cannot stand having lime green on my gear. <laughs> so I always Sharpie in the lime green and make it black. Cause I just like, 
I, I can't do it. Like I have like like all those like I had those connect skates until about probably about a month ago, and then mm-hmm. I switched out of those. And those things had so much like lime green on it. It just drove me insane. I was like, no, I can't do this. Like I got to get this blacked out. Now you said you had until about a month ago. What made you switch back to? I guess you could say traditional goalie skate. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bet will be boosted. I'm not great at gambling, but these prop bets, that's more my game. So who knows what I'll get in on. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think more than anything, I was in my own head about the connects. I think because I, mm-hmm. I have like that, like the maneuverability in the ankle and having that, I always felt like I was a little bit too much like lean forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a way to stop that by uh, like you could just basically throw a screw in it and it, it'll stop it. But um, I think I just got too in my head about it. And it was more of something that was like it was more of like in my head than anything. Mm-hmm. Than even happening uh so i just was like you know what i'll just go back to laces like yeah go I, back I, to your comfort zone yeah there was nothing wrong with when i was wearing laces like why not just go back to those so i went back to those and i think my first half of the year i had like a like i was playing not awful like we weren't giving up many shots so if i let two in it would be an 85 save percentage like it was one of those kind of things so i think i had like an eight six maybe an eight seven max and that's i've been back and i've had those new skates i have like a nine one or something so i was like <laughs> I was in my head the whole time, but <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're in Sarnia, but you, you've got some of this, uh, you know, time going on with team Canada, but you've also got, you know, San Jose watching you, watching your progression. How, how does that work as a prospect? You know, how, how much communication do you have with the big club for your progression is, you know, to, what you should be working on, um, that kind of stuff, as well as, you know, in the summertime, do, do they want you, you know, doing more strength training? Do they want you doing more, uh, you know, mobility with, you know, following like the Maria mountain path, you know, yeah. how does that work for you? Yeah. So they don't say too much, uh, with San Jose. I know some other teams they'll, uh, like I, I got a couple of buddies that are like our team stacked this year. So we have a bunch of different teams. And every every team's a little bit different. Like my roommate, he's drafted Chicago, um, and he, I swear to God, he has a call every day. <laughs> As <laughs> every a Blackhawks fan, I like that. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's on there all the time. Um, I know some teams don't really talk to them too too much, um, but yeah, I mean they come every once in a while. Um, just games, it, they'll talk to me if they're there. Um, 
Nabokov being the goalie coach there, or the goalie development guy now, uh, he's reached out a lot. So I, I'm on the phone with him every once in a while. But um, I think the main thing is, is like once you get to this age, you got to kind of just be a pro, be proactive. Um, mm-hmm. I have a trainer back home uh, that I use throughout the summer. Uh, I used to lift for Team Canada and stuff. So he has he has some uh, some good accolades that I can kind of look at and go, okay, you know what? Maybe you're not too bad. <laughs> like <laughs> so uh, having him is nice. And then my goalie coach, I usually I got my one in North Bay uh, that I use whenever I can. Uh, Todd Robillard, who I've been with since I was like five. Um, and then my goalie coach in Sarnia, Frankie Palazze, who is unreal. He's He's been really good for my development since I got into the league. And I'll go see him because he's only in Toronto. So it's about a four-hour drive for me. Um, but I go down there. I can skate with a couple pros um, and do a couple pro skates and then go out with him and make kind of a little bit of a trip out of it, maybe hit a Blue Jays game and hang out with some buddies down here in Toronto. So it's uh, it's nice to have that connection. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's they give you what they kind of want you to work on, uh, whether it be skating or strength or this or that. Like, I had a real big development year this year in the gym. Um, I went from not being too athletically fit in the gym. Not too, not, <laughs> I, I got to use a different word because I've always been – uh, pretty athletic kid but I like I wasn't too strong at all like I, mm-hmm. I'm a smaller guy so uh, my first camp was very underwhelming when it came to the gym stuff so um, this year I kind of I had a real big development year and they were really happy with me off the ice and um, I had some pretty good times like the running and stuff which I was happy about so it was uh, it was nice to see that but um, I mean they they told me to keep working on that stuff but they were uh, they were happy with that kind of a push so I think for them though, it's uh, there's always going to be something you got to work on. Um, part of that's also finding your, like having yourself know what you got to work on and mm-hmm. being proactive in that situation, um, which has been a big, big thing for me this year. Now it's interesting you talk about you know not being uh, too strong in the weight room because I, I was the same way when I was in college. I, I was always at the bottom of the team yeah. charts. Yeah, you know, af- after each testing, where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not setting any records by any means but it's been an interesting discussion I, I've heard this and you know some of the guys on in goal talk about it talk to other goalies of should goalies bulk up do we need to be these big strong you know muscle guys or is it more important is it better to be like a Dominic Hoshik, who is a beam pole but super flexible still strong but super flexible and just athletic and in shape uh, it, it's a, a delicate balance where you know, granted, it's going to be different for everybody, but, um, you know, as we learn more and more, it's interesting on the folk where they have goalies focusing. I know there's more, more and more focus on the mobility and just kind of uh, seeing more goalies doing yoga. So you, you have that yeah. control over your body. No, 100%. Like, um, I, my goalie partner in uh, sorry, yeah, he's, I'd say he's kind of just like an average build. He's 5'11", like 175, like, um, but then for me, like I'm 6'2", I, this week I've actually started like really eating and dialing that <laughs> stuff in and trying to just like put on a little bit of weight. Um, so I think I'm up to like 180 this week, <laughs> which is <laughs> like heavy for me. Like I, if I'm at 180, that's usually my like max. So been trying to get a little bit more leg muscle and stuff like that but i mean when it comes to upper body you really you got to stay fast and if you start bulking up and having these big arms and big shoulders you're not gonna be able to move yeah. but 
And uh, for goalies, we're in an awful position. Like when we're standing there with our gloves out, like your shoulder just being wrecked. Like at the end of the day, like that's what it is. But um, like my thought on is if I have more muscle, there, just more muscle. It's going to get tight, going to get like slowed yeah. down more. Um, so that's my excuse when they tell me to go do something like bench press or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think goalies, if you're going to, if you're going to work out, it's got to be like core and lower body. Like you're not going to make a save with big biceps. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You know, it, one of uh, my coaches in college always said, we, we do the curls for the girls. Uh, yeah, not, exactly. not because it's going to help us stop butts. No. Uh, <laughs> I was like, um, one of my favorites in the gym is like, if we're doing something like that, where it's just obvious, like that it's literally just for you to basically get big arms or something. Is I'll look there and I go, I ain't ever seen a weight stop a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just like, Oh, there's no way I'm doing curls right now or bench press or something like that. But, our team, like we got a pretty good trainer with our team. Uh, he he's really dedicated to a lot of leg stuff, which can be tough at times, but um, it's good. Like it gets you moving. Um, did my own little leg workout this week, and it was. I think I'm still feeling a little bit of it because my legs just don't want to get moving right now. But um, I think it's good. I mean, you got to push yourself. You got to have people pushing you. And I think when we're out there downing our legs, like it's good. Like it. it gets you going, gets you warm. Like most of our warm, our workouts are in the morning. So it's kind of a little bit of a warm up to go on the ice. And uh, it's good though. It was funny over the spring, I was uh, going to the gym with my son. He's a freshman in high school baseball player. And when it came to leg day, you know, what I was lifting versus him, he was, he was kind of impressed by his old dad. He was, <laughs> I was like, well, that, that's what hockey, hockey players have leg strength, yeah. but Exactly. <laughs> that, that that's where all of our strength comes from is, is our legs and he's like yeah but like that's a lot more than what you weigh and I was like well yeah that yeah. that's strength that that's yeah, the difference exactly. <laughs> uh, so I I would almost be remiss if I didn't ask this question so with Team Canada you're in practice you're in camp with two fellas who whose names are in every single discussion, uh, especially one, Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli. What was it like skating on a team with those guys? And what do you take away from guys like that who are being called generational talents? Yeah, no, they're, they're unreal. Like both of them, um, they're going to have great pro careers. Um, I got real close with uh, Adam Fantilli. He's a Toronto boy. So, we have a couple of mutual friends and uh, being on that team together, we were pretty close talking about going to some concerts this summer and stuff <laughs> together, but um, no, both of them are great players, great guys. Um, it's special. I mean, it makes you really appreciate having a guy like that out there to shoot on you. Cause you don't get those shots every day, right? Like no. as much as you want to say like, Oh, like we got some really good shooters here in Sarnia, but no one's shooting the puck like Connor Bedard. Like his shot is better than some NHLers. Right. So, and probably most NHLers realistically, like he has an unbelievable shot and it comes off fast. It's delivered accurately. Like it's a great shot. And then when it comes to Tilly, I mean, honestly the same thing, like he has a really deceptive shot. He's fast as crap. Like him blowing down the wing is crazy. Um, he's very skilled. Like they're both, they're both unreal. Like it's a lot of fun to watch them. Um, they both got that pro build pro game. Uh, they'll both be playing, uh, if not next year, they'll have great careers for sure. Yeah, it's um, 
interesting watching teams try to not necessarily tank on, you know, they're, they're still being competitive in the games, but watching these general managers put teams together so that they're still going to play hard, but maybe they're not going to win games. And it's, it's a, it's a three horse race right now. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, as a Blackhawks fan, I just wanted to get, pick one or two because like you said, both of those guys are just going to be awesome. I mean, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're going to be around for a long time. They will. They will. (laughs) They're both great players. Um, Fantilli played his junior hockey in Chicago. So I think he is, he's, I I could almost, he's probably hoping for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, either way you can't like, you can't go wrong. I mean, at that time too, like, realistically the first round you can't go wrong all those players are usually pretty good and end yep. up being something so and then there's always a few gems throughout the draft so it uh it's fun it's it, i love watching the draft it's one of my favorite things too to be honest so it, it, it is fun it's um the draft and then free agent day it's always fun yeah. to play armchair quarterback and say on paper they look great because i mean how many times I, I, i'm a cubs fan so i'm you know i i follow baseball and how many times do we crown a, a baseball team the World Series champion oh, before, before the season's even started, and then they they wind up being just garbage in the season because I, it's the old Herb Brooks idea is you know you got to find the right team, not the right players. No. And you know sometimes all those good guys just don't match well. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's something that we're lucky here in Sarnia. Like we got a really good group of guys. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like every guy that comes here always says it's the closest team they've ever played on. Um, so we have like, I think it's something like crazy. Like, I think there's like eight or nine of us that are drafted to the NHL, like, or signed or whatever it has to be. Like, it's like a really special team this year. We're hoping to go real far with it. And it's a lot of fun. Like we have a good, good time with this group. So you know, hopefully you do go far because I just, I want to see those power pads as long as I can until you switch over to those really boring ones. But hey, I'm not going to hold that against you. But, you know, three years in the OHL, has there been discussions with San Jose of, you know, what they want you to do next year? You know, do they want you to maybe go to the coast or the AHL by chance? Yeah, I haven't had too many conversations with that. Um I think the main conversation for me right now is me just trying to get signed. Uh, I'm coming in on that last little stretch of if they don't sign me, I'm back in the draft. So mm-hmm. it's something that uh, I think my agent and I have both talked about quite a bit with them and trying to figure out that and trying to get a contract. So um, hopefully that kind of happens first and then we can see uh, what, what plans are for next year. Yeah. Um, I honestly I haven't even really thought about next year. Um, <laughs> Just trying to play good hockey this year. Uh, with the start that I had, I was, I was like, "Holy smokes, I've got to play good hockey this year." Who cares about next year? I'm not gonna be playing hockey if I don't figure it out. So, it was, uh, it was definitely something where I think, uh, not that I've forgotten about next year, or just said whatever, so be it. I think it's one of those things where it's, uh, I want to focus on this year, focus on winning the this year, and hopefully, uh, like you said, going as far as possible. And um, then ne- when next year rolls around, whatever happens, happens, and. Uh, I, it'll be fun no matter what happens. I mean, if I come back to the OHL, it'll most likely be a, a year where I'm on a good team and um, hopefully I can finish it off in Sarnia and hopefully we're good next year. Um, we'll probably lose a lot of guys, so it might be tough, but um, 
either way, uh, if I go to the AHL coast, it'll be fun. I mean, it's pro hockey and then, um, so we'll see how it works out. Yeah. So we've been talking a while. I want to be mindful of time because you guys got crazy long days. You want time to yourself, but I close out every episode with a list of 10 questions. I've asked every guest the same 10 questions. So it's kind of interesting to hear some of the responses to some of them. And the first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days where a coach just lost it? I'm trying to think. Like, we um, – actually, one of our coaches – we so we got, like <laughs> – we got the toughest coaching staff in the league by, like, a mile. We got um, Brad Stobitz, who was, like, a full-time fighter in the NHL and AHL. Mike Haley. I think combined they have, like – they no, they're definitely over. They're over 400 career fights, like pro <laughs> fights. Like it's messed up. But um, like Stobby's a very caring guy. Like one of the nicest guys in the entire universe. Like would do anything for our, like our like the boys in our room. Um, and we were playing in the Sioux, and uh, one of our guys got a puck in the mouth, and was just kind of laying on the ground. You could just see the blood everywhere. Um, and the ref wouldn't blow it down. And Stobby was on the bench just screaming at this ref, telling him to blow it down. And the ref came over to him and he goes, I can't. Like, they had the puck. Like, I couldn't blow it down. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I don't care. Like, how about I take a slap shot at your face and you tell me how you feel? And he's just going off on him. Telling him he's going to rip a clapper at this guy's mouth and, like, all this. And he was standing on the back, <laughs> out there just ripping this guy. Um, but that's just who he is. Like, he, he cares about his team, his family, and it's uh, – it's like, like I said, like he's the most caring guy in the world. So not a very shocking thing, but he, uh, he was not happy with that ref whatsoever. Like the other coaches on the bench were literally laughing. Like it was, it was all <laughs> just kind of looking at him, like giggling about, and I still bring it up to him every once in a while, but he's awesome. Like he, uh, he does, he goes, he will do anything for us. He'll give us the last dollar in his pocket. Like we had an off day the one day and he, uh, he knew we were all hanging out. So he brought like his sauna over on a trailer. To the one of the guys house <laughs> we we're all in sauna so nice. he'll do it for us like he's he's an unreal guy and he uh he, he like proved it in that moment too i mean not too many guys are going to tell a ref they're going to take a slap shot at their mouth <laughs> well and to his point the refs do have the discretion if a player is hurt and as long as there's not a oh, yeah. scoring opportunity happening at that moment they can blow the oh exactly dead. They oh, can there, do there's, that. I've there's seen no it reason not to. There was no reason not to blow it down. Like the, the puck was being like basically like a scrum in the corner. Like it was, yeah. there's was no reason. And like it hit one of our toughest guys in the, like he was probably the toughest guy in the O. Like he got up, like all his teeth were mangled. He was chewing on pe- bits and bits and pieces of his teeth. His jaw ended up being wired shut because he broke his jaw in it. And he was getting off the ice with a big grin on his face and blood just dripping down his head. He has a sick catch where he's just like smirking, has no teeth, blood yeah. just coming down his mouth, and he has a stupid smile on his face. He's a big <laughs> farmer. He's a farmer, so it's not it's not too uh, unexpected. <laughs> yeah, that, that works for me. I remember it was my freshman year of college. I was playing a game. Um, I, I was seeing the hash marks on top of the circle, and I was never very good, still not very good at playing the puck, but I was able to give the outlet pass, bank it off the boards, hit my centerman at center ice. And that's how much time it had that I was able to watch the puck go from there. And this player just ran me elbows to the head, knocks me out. Well, because we have the puck, it's a delayed penalty. I'm told I laid on the ice for about 10, 15 seconds, just out cold. And I heard the whistle. 
So at the whistle, I was just like, oh, what's going on? And just kind of got myself up and went back to the net. And this was, again, back before you were born. So things were a little bit different. Um, so the, the trainer, seeing that I was getting up, didn't even come out to check on me. So I finished the last, like, seven, eight minutes of the game holding onto the crossbar with my glove, making saves, didn't let any goals in, and still got the W. But uh, That's crazy. You know, I, I think back to that, it's like I was clearly just like out. Yeah. And because it was a delayed penalty and we had possession of the we had possession of the puck, so they could have oh, 100%. blown it dead. But because of the delayed penalty, they let play go. Yeah. And I was that's... like, what is what is going on? I should have been taken out of the game. I, I know oh. that they didn't. Luckily it was the last game before Christmas break so i didn't miss any games but it was like oh that was that was a bad one and uh but yeah it's sometimes the, the refs just discretion's okay when a player's hurt nobody's oh, gonna get upset it's not like the stanley cup's on the line no not at all <laughs> it was funny actually because last game there was a kid that was just like i don't even know what happened like uh, i don't know what happened I, he was just skating the next day and i was laying on the ground like rolling around um, but he was on the other team and they were in our end and they were pressuring us. And I'm like, Raph, he's down, he's down, like blow it. He's down. And the ref blows the whistle and they're like, just controlling the heck out of us in our end, just blows the whistle down so they can go and take care of the one guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. Like it really does. Like, um, I got ran over once this year. I think the guy ended up getting like a five game suspension for it. Cause he just threw his elbow and his forearm and his shoulder right through my head. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, like, like you said, like I kind of just like got, I hit, I hit my head hammered off the ice, and I was just kind of doing one of these like whole, like I'm sitting there after, and you can just see me like kind of doing like one yeah. of these, like, just like, like oh my god, like this isn't good. So I got taken out of that one right away. Like trainer, she came over to me and she goes, "Yeah, we're probably just gonna take you right out of this." And I was like, "All yeah. right, sounds good." Like, well, in that game, I knew something was up because we would have a box of fruit and sandwiches after the game in the locker room. And I was halfway through an apple when I'm looking at the apple going, I don't like apples. And I, I looked at one of my teammates is like, did I get hit in that game? And he's like, oh, you got rocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't remember it. And one of the other players is like, you should probably go see the trainer. Yeah. So I went down there and again, trainer's like, what are you here for? It's like, they said I got hit. And they're like, oh, you got like <laughs> run over. It's like, I don't remember it. So, you uh, know, back then the concussion test was, you know, follow my finger if yeah. you have a headache. And it's like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, when you get back to your dorm, find somebody that can babysit you for the rest of the day and make yeah. sure you don't fall asleep for the next 12 hours. It's like, oh, okay, that that's <laughs> different time, though. I mean, that, that's what oh, it was. And yeah. I was playing JVF time, and our varsity team was getting loaded up to go on a uh, trip up to the Twin Cities. And so the varsity coach was like, shower up. You're coming with us. We're going to watch you. And um, Brian Trottier Jr. was one of my teammates. And he was a healthy scratch yeah. that night. So he had to be my babysitter for the <laughs> night. And uh, I felt bad for the poor kid because every little, like, movement to the bus, I was nauseous. Like, That's so I, I was going to lose my cookies. Thank God I didn't. But, like, every little movement for the two-and-a-half-hour drive up to the Twin Cities, I was like, oh, my God. And but. I don't feel too bad because he's now an oncologist. Like he was going to school for medicine anyway, so yeah, he could take care of me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, my my favorite trash story was I, I was in the uh, coach's offices junior year be, during tryouts, and I went, 
I'm going to have to miss this weekend's activities. And the coach is like, why? Like, this is tryouts. And I go, well, my cousin's getting married and my mom says I have to be home. And he's like, okay, that's a good excuse. He's like, you're going home Friday. You'll be back Sunday. Fine. And then Trotch is in there. and He's like, yeah, um, I got to miss this weekend too. And the coach is like, what? Your mom say you got to be home for a wedding too. And he's like, no, the Islanders are retiring my dad's number or something. And apparently I got to be there. I don't know what it's all about. And we're like, oh, okay. That (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) something little like retiring your dad's number. And yeah, yeah, it was was funny. Um, So the next question is, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? I wouldn't, I honestly like this. You're going to hate this answer because I, I don't even like really like pay attention to the masks. Like, <laughs> um, like this is this is gonna be a tough one. Um, I'm trying to think. I think you know what? Like, this is gonna be a really lame answer. But my buddy, who's who, he's with the Islanders farm team now. Um, he'd be twenty seven, twenty eight. So he was kind of a guy that I looked up to when I was younger. Uh, Ken mm-hmm. Appleby. Um, his first pro mask when he was with um winnipeg's farm team i think it was or it wasn't his first pro mask but it was one of his first ones that i got to really see up close um he's with the moose in manitoba and mm-hmm. just being able to see that like dave art paint job was something that like i was like i want this like i need to have this so like once i got to san jose and they let me get a helmet and i got dave art one it was like the coolest thing that ever happened to me so i was like there's like this is like the helmet i've dreamed about since i was a kid and being able to have that was something that uh, was pretty cool. I mean, lame answer because I don't even remember what the helmet really looks like. Um, I think there was a couple of mooses on it, basically. Yeah, I'm it's, looking it up now to try and see what it is. Yeah. Uh, so you so you got a Dave Art mask with uh, San Jose. Did you have much say in what went on there, or was it just Dave gets to let his creative genius go? I let his creative genius go, um, but it was totally up to me what I put on there. I uh, I basically just told him, I was like, I want some palm trees on there, basically, and then make it a shark. So he, he threw Benny on the front. Um, it's basically like a big shark head, and there's some palm trees around the bottom as well. And then on the back plate, I usually try to do more personal stuff. So I got something from my dad's best friend who passed away, uh, my grandma. And then I threw my dog on the back, too, because he has a shark life jacket. So I thought oh, that was funny. funny. Yeah, I threw that on there as well, which uh, ended up looking awesome. As you say, I'm just looking at it right now because uh, he does those great pictures when they uh, oh yeah come out. Uh, yeah, that that's a pretty sweet looking helmet, and yeah. you know, Dave Art, he uh, he's so talented, and he gets into these different things where like, he can get so intricate where it's like yeah, it's a cool looking mask, but you got to be up on it to really appreciate it. Oh, it's awesome! You know? Yeah. Tendy Talk listeners, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change. If that's something you can use every day, like my Raycon earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. 
My kids love that they don't have to listen, listen to my Irish punk music because of them. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, something my son would be into, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon's start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or pair and a spare, kind of like the British royalty, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee as well. Options like three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and crystal clear call quality are all part of their products. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And, and I love those masks, but at the same time, I like when you can kind of tell what it is from the stands. And I think he's getting back to that tell what it is from the stands idea. And yours your is pretty cool. It's Oh, it you can out. tell what it is from the stands, but it's still detail enough that as you get closer, oh, yeah. it's like, ooh, look yes. at that. When you get close to, there's some even more like details on. Oh my, here's what the die. One second, I was gonna reach over and grab my charger. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like he, there's some stuff that like you can only really see from up close, and then uh, there's a bunch more stuff that, like you said, you can see from the stands, and it's uh, it's obvious what it is. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet looking mask. Um, so, what's your favorite rink that you've played at? I don't think I, well, I didn't play there, so I'll, I'll two-part this one. But the coolest rink and, like, hockey game that I've ever been in was in Vegas when I was there for a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting on that bench, taking warm-ups was, like, out of this world. Like, it was crazy. Um, my favorite that I've actually played at might be the Mooseheads just because of how crazy it was for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to go for my league, I'd probably say Kitchener. Cause they get it gets pretty like rowdy in there. It's a lot of fun, and usually have a good game there, so <laughs> that makes it fun as well. And it's uh, it's a really nice old rink, has some history for the OHL, and it's a lot of fun to play there. It's funny how we always have those away rinks where we just play good in. Yeah, like, it's like we walk in that building and we know we're gonna play good that night. Oh, exactly. And it, Every league I've played in, there's always been that one rink where it's like, all right, I, I like coming. Yeah, rink, yeah. We um, last year we beat London like, I I think we beat them like it was something like crazy, like seven out of ten times or eight out of twelve or like we we like we kind of yeah. like took the advantage per se. Even with their uh, payroll, is Bizwood stay? <laughs> Literally, there's no way there's no payroll. Um, but we uh we beat them. Like it was, it was weird because we weren't that like that good of a team. We we're the eight seed in playoff. They were like the one or two seed. Mm-hmm. Like they were two, so they were way better than us. Um, but we beat them. So we started calling the Bud, which is their rink. We started calling it our cottage. 
And I was like, we'd be, we'd pull up to it and we're like, oh, back at the cottage, boys. Like, it, it made no sense why we were winning. Like, it, yeah, it really didn't. Like, we, they were a better team than us. They had a lot more talent than us last year, but um, we came ready to play for those games. I don't think we've grown too well right now this year. I, uh, I missed both the games actually because they were while well, I was at World Juniors, and I think we lost both of them. So. This year's a little bit different, but uh, I think we, we start playing them a lot in the next couple of weeks. It's going to get really rough because those games always get rough. And I think we play them like four times in two weeks. So, Well, that'll be fun then. Oh, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> a, lot of fun. a little bit of uh, tempers and all that goodness. Um, so what's your favorite goalie stick that you've used? Um, I think for me, the one I have right now, I'm using the Proto-V um, that Bauer's releasing. I think I don't, I don't even know when they're releasing it. But it um, it's really freaking light. Like it is awesome. The only problem with it is that it's really freaking light. Like it's it <laughs> a little bit easy. Yeah. Um. So for that reason, if I was if I wasn't getting sticks the way that the OHL gets us the sticks, I'd probably stick to like a hyperlight. Yeah. Um. Because it's a little bit heavier, but it has that same feel to it. Um. Got to make sure I have my square toe on there so I can actually stop a puck on a rim. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it just, it's so light that you almost don't even feel like you have it in your hand. Um, like, I find putting stick, uh, putting pucks in the stands is nice and easy with it, too. And um, can play a puck half decent. I, I'm, again, like, I'm not a too big of a puck handler. I, uh, I'm i a right-handed player and a lefty goalie. So, like, yeah, so playing a puck is something that I've had to work on quite a bit. Um, I've gotten more comfortable with it over the last year or so. So, You know, it's yeah. funny, I... For the longest time, had really tall paddles, like 27-inch paddles. And so I started adopting the Turco Grip, and I was getting better at it. But this year, I picked up a uh, Colin Delia Pro Return. It's like a 24-inch paddle, so considerably yeah. shorter. And it's it's almost too short to do the Turco Grip. So I've gone back to the old school, yeah. as I was taught coming up. And I'm like, maybe that was the problem all along, is my paddle was too tall. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm doing all right with it, but uh, yeah. I, I tried the, the Delia one because it had the trigger grip, and I've been wanting to try oh, one. Yeah. I, I was too chicken shit to cut into my own stick to uh, put it in there. So I was like, this one has it on there. Let's give it a try. But then there's been all the talk, and like in goal, talking about shorter paddles being better for yeah. you. I was like, well, let, let's give it a try. It's, you know, not a huge investment because it's still foam. I'm a foam core holdout because I like the heavier stick. Uh, because, well, to your point, you know, the, those composites break down quicker. Oh, they do. They and, break down so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm cheap. Uh, so that, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, no, 100%. I don't blame you. I broke one today at practice. I took, like, I was sitting there. We're doing, like, a puck off pad drill. Um, and, like, the stick was already kind of broken down. And like I was making stick saves and it was just going right through my stick blade. So I finally yeah. looked at my goalie coach and I was like, this is broken. Like, just give me another one, please. And like, sure enough, he comes over to give me it. Like I'm on like one knee and I barely put any pressure on it to get up. It just snaps in half and I fall on my like face. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, no wonder I couldn't, like, I couldn't even move. Like a puck would hit it, it would just go right through it. I was like, this yeah. is off. So I was getting like ticked off because here I am just like bouncing rebounds out to the guys. And then you're getting even more mad because they they got to celebrate when they score on you. So then I was oh, just, yeah. I'm like I'm like boiling at this point. Finally get the other stick and then it was just boom into the stands into the stands. <laughs> I was like, now you guys yeah. are getting. <laughs> oh, when I was in college, we got sticks fairly cheap, and it was kind of the same idea. It's like if a stick is 
breaking, like it's going to be a great practice stick for the day because it's just exactly. like going to get the going to get every every stop out of it as I can. I'm going to play with that thing until there's no blade left. Um, so, what is your favorite youth hockey memory? Um, I think for me, my last season going up into my draft year, just the whole season as a whole. Um, we won like team of my like city of it's like team of the year for my city, mm-hmm. uh, which includes all sports. Um, we were undefeated in season and playoffs. I think I had like a one point something goals against average. Like we broke a shutout record. We, um, it was one of those years where just everything went right. We were like second in Ontario. The only team we lost to all year was like the number one ranked team. Um, mm-hmm. so I think just that whole year, uh, was something that I can look back on and remember that. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like we just, we always had good times on the road. Um, that was our first year where we really started staying with like roommates and stuff like that. And it was just a lot of fun. Like I got to stay with my buddy quite a bit and we were really tight away from the rink and at the rink. So getting to spend those times with him there and coming back to my house and go sit in the hot tub and just hang out. It was, it was a lot of fun. So I think just that whole year in general was, uh, it was something special. So the next question is always a fun one. Um, what is the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you? Um, I don't even know. Like, I don't hear much because I'm there, and I'm usually the one that's given it. Um, <laughs> well, I, then what's the best one you've given? I don't give good ones, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, usually it'll be like, the whole bench is just beaking me when I'm skating by them or something like that. And I'll turn and look at them and just say like, any one of you wants it, come get it. Like I will give it to every single one of you. <laughs> like who wants it? Um, but I think like last game, um, I won't go name wise, but there's one guy who was, he got a penalty at the end of the game. He came and snowed me. Then like one of my defensemen came and took him out and whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. And then he was crying to the ref. Like, why are you giving me a penalty? Why are you giving me a penalty? And, um i looked at him like right in his face i was like buddy like you stupid like you just snowed me <laughs> and he looks at me and goes you suck at hockey you suck at hockey and i was like i suck <laughs> like what are you doing right now you're on your way to the box you haven't done anything tonight <laughs> well it, it you, you could have come back with uh, i got a gold medal that tells me otherwise oh exactly exactly <laughs> i was thinking about that but i think um there was one guy that I, I used that on and he just like, he didn't like get it. He didn't like understand it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I think I use like, cause I, with U 18s, we have the championship ring and then we're getting another one for world junior. So I use like the, like, I can't hear you, buddy. I got two championship rings clogging my ears right now. <laughs> he just didn't get it. He was just like, what do you mean? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Chico Resch's three rules of goaltending used to be uh, keep your stick on the ice body square to the puck and three forwards are stupid. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there is that. No, exactly. It, it's fun. Though. Like I, I like it. It gets me in the game when I'm chirping or when people are chirping me. My, uh, oh, the dogs are up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Something, something got to <laughs> I, uh, my goalie coach in Sarnia, he, uh, he was a big chirper when he played. So, um, one of the guys I, I kind of work at, camp with him in north bay and he's he's another pro hockey player he's coaching in seattle this year uh as an assistant coach he did last year as well uh maddie markhart he was playing frankie and i think it was like the Calder cup finals or something like that and they were playing each other and 
he came down to shoot on me in Toronto. And I'm telling him, like, oh, yeah, my goal coach is this guy. Like, this is who he is. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, sounds familiar, man. Like, I, I must have played against him or something. We get to the rink. He comes up to me. Like, two seconds after seeing him, he goes, that bastard would not leave me alone in the playoffs. He was yapping at me from the bench. Our entire team wanted to run him and take his head off. Like, and he was good, too. Like, he was, like, it's this good, cocky, like, goalie. Like, he was just unreal. Like, yeah. So he's sitting there just beaking this team, like single-handedly basically beat them in the playoffs, and he's just sitting there beaking them the whole time. So my goalie coach, or my like, buddy, like basically hated this guy. <laughs> the day with him shooting goals off. It was hilarious hearing that. That's funny. That's funny. So the, the next question is, what's the worst post-game beverage? That's some bad protein shakes, I won't lie. Um that, that one always hits. Like, if you get a bad protein shake and it's like, chunky or it just doesn't taste right tastes sour or something that that for me because like i i got like this like like i just had one before we got on the call actually i had this like chocolate peanut butter like with some creatine in there like just a nice good protein shake mm-hmm. always tastes good but if i get a bad one it's like i i, I sometimes i'll just dump it out like it's just the bad ones are bad yeah the bad ones are always really bad there's no in between i find with um with protein shakes if i get a real bad one after a game I can't do it. And honestly, anything that's like really liquidy, like if like a water even, because I drink it, like I'm so thirsty that I just keep drinking it. And then I just get so yeah. bloated and I feel like crap after games. So normally that question is what's the worst post-game beer, but looking at your age and the league you're in, that's probably not happening. So I, I, I changed the question a little bit. Um, well, we're, oh, I'm of age. We have, we have a few yeah. guys we, we have some fun with, but uh most of our team can't most of it we actually that's a lie most of our team is of age so we got we got a few guys that'll go out but most of the time it's we got curfew after a game and it's heading home so unless we got the off day the next day there's definitely nothing happening <laughs> yeah that, that was the nice thing in college where our games were friday and saturday nights and yeah that's knew awesome. hockey players weren't that's going awesome. out on friday nights but saturday <laughs> once that game was over it was like give us 45 minutes and Oh, 45 minutes is too much. <laughs> we were, well, we, know, uh, we needed to shower bad. and oh. you know, all that, but yeah, no, we, uh, like we all have some days where it's like, we'll get off on a Sunday and we have like our Sunday game at, it's over by like five, six o'clock and we'll kind of milk around the rink for a couple of minutes. And then the guy's like, Hey, what's the plan? Next thing you know, we're going over to this guy's house or going there or going there. And it's, we try to find something, but we always try to do it as a team and have a lot of fun with it. And, obviously be responsible with it as well i mean we're in a small city so it's if something were to happen it'd be everywhere <laughs> like yeah there's no there's nowhere to hide something in this city as one of us did something stupid it'd be on the newspaper the next day and everybody and everybody that could possibly you don't want to hear about it would hear about it so that was, has, to be, has to be done the right way that was uh the interesting thing about where i went to school is in a small little town in southeastern minnesota and our school had the hockey team and there was another school in town that had the football team. So there were the hockey bars and there were the football bars and we didn't cross pollinate. Well, one of the establishments, this is my freshman year. One of the establishments had one of those giant gumball machines where it's like the gumball machine up top and then it just spirals all the way down. Somehow on a Friday or Saturday night, I forget which one it was, the gumball machine went, missing well it was a hockey bar so everybody assumed it was the hockey team 
And we're like, no, absolutely not. But it turned out the football players from the other school went to a hockey bar to steal a gumball machine, knowing we'd get pinned for it. And we're like, nope, nope, not us. And they, they did wind up finding it at one of the football houses. But it was awesome. it was kind of funny. We're like, no, no, not us. Our, our coaches were asking us. Uh, uh, I have a family friend that was on the sheriff's department. Like he he called me. He's like, all right. I know you're honest. What do you know about this? It's like, it wasn't us. Yeah. Trust me, it wasn't us. <laughs> we only have, like, we don't really have too many teams in Sarnia at all. Like, we got the college. Um, we actually get, a, like, we get to meet, like, a lot of guys at the college. And um, we do a thing, actually, that's pretty cool. Like, it's a fire fit thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, the fireman challenge? Yeah. We, uh, we have to do that at the start of every year. We do, like, we run through it with, like, a relay with the guys. It's a lot of fun, actually. Um, but we got to know them pretty well, and then they—they're uh, actually coming to our game this Sunday. Um, They—I uh, think they got a box for them or something like that. So we get to know a lot of the people from the college pretty well. And then there's not really any other sports teams. There's a couple hockey teams. I think the junior B team hates us. <laughs> um, and then our coach's son, who I've actually gotten really close with, he's a great guy. He's, he's so much fun to hang out with. Um, he plays on the junior C team and there's just some good guys on that team as well. But uh, there's basically, there's one bar in Sarnia. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing in Sarnia. So there's not, you really can't get up too much. And it's usually just if we're going to one of the guys house for a hot tub or something, just to relax and chill yeah. out that one off day a week. And it's something that we want, we don't want to waste. So right, we don't want to make it a hangover day too much. <laughs> no. So when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? I go heel to toe. Okay. My dad used to always go toe to heel on my sticks, and I just never like understood why. So I just <laughs> when I got, went back to it, I was like, I'm just going heel to toe. Like, yeah. No, you are in the majority, and one of these days I'm gonna just have to bite bullet and take the time and go through and put a spreadsheet together to see how lopsided that majority is because it it's got to be at least a three to one go heel to toe. Um, but uh, so the next question we're almost done is what's your favorite number to wear and why? So I, I've worn number 70 now for the last couple of years. Um, I went to a spring hockey tournament, had like the WSI one, had the best tournament of my life. We won gold. Like it was one of those ones where it was kind of like, okay, well now I got to wear it. So yeah. we ended up in minor hockey. If you wanted that number, you had to buy the Jersey. So we bought the Jersey. Um, got number 70 put on it. And then once I got to Sarnia, they asked me what number and I said 70. Um, originally I went to that number cause I saw like a Braden Holtby, like pregame ritual video on YouTube. And I thought that's pretty cool. And it's a different number. Like mm-hmm. I've worn 31 my whole life. Like Kerry Price is cool. Like all that. He was my favorite goalie growing up. So that's why I wore that. And then I was like, I gotta do something on my own. It's gotta be like Ben Godro's number. Like nobody does number 70 only Holtby. I've only seen Holtby do that. So I was like, I gotta do that. So, I started doing that and it's, it's pretty cool. Like around Sarnia now there's a couple of like younger goalies that wear 70 and in North Bay too. It's kind of cool. And I've had messages of them reaching out to me saying they're wearing it because of me. And for that, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's just something I never thought would happen. So seeing that and having that happens, uh, definitely pretty cool and humbling. That is cool. So the last question, what advice do you have for young goaltenders? I think the biggest thing for me is just work hard. Like, um, you're working hard. Like even, me like if I don't work hard I play like crap like mm-hmm. there's no way to walk around if you don't if I oh. 
All right. I'm not sure what happened to Ben there. I, I have a feeling uh, maybe he lost some power like we did earlier this week in my house. Um, so I'll give him a minute, see if he pops back in. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, been really fun talking to him. I'm excited to see Ben's next set of pads, but not going to lie, a little disappointed he's moving away from the Balfour Tributes. Maybe he can bring it back with the Sharks. Here's hoping. Be sure to follow Ben on Twitter and Instagram at bengoudreau03. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threatless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related content, or sorry, hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the 50 Years Ago in Hockey Podcast, the Chell Squared Podcast, and the Hockey Hacks podcast can all be found. If you're looking for something good to read, be sure to get yourself a subscription to Vintage Tendy Magazine. Published quarterly by episode 28 guest Brent Denure, the magazine takes a deep dive into a goalie, usually from the 80s or 90s, and the first six issues they've covered Potvin, Fuhr, Shevelday, Tebow, Ken Reggett, John Van Beesbrook, and episode 20 guest mask painter and creator Don Strauss. The latest issue zeroes in on Darren Poopa. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. Some weeks harder than others. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand that wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally... If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the pocket.
Tarkin's on. Call my friend Nate Tarkin. Yeah, dude. Hey, have you checked out the pond today? It's funny you ask. I was just down there this morning. Yeah, any good news? Well, Dave, the pond? Yeah. It's froze right over.